Hello and welcome to the Doula and Midwife podcast with myself, Charlene Yarrod-West, the founder of Relaxing to Birth Online Hypnobirthing, and Karen Wilmot, also known as the Virtual Midwife. We came together to bring you Relaxing to Birth Plus, our comprehensive online antenatal course focusing on everything from labor, birth, and beyond, featuring extensive hypnobirthing techniques and the medical aspects of the birthing progress. Hello, Karen. Hello, hello. And I would like to also take this opportunity to ask anybody and everybody who's enjoying our podcast to please take a moment to rate, review and subscribe. It really does help to make sure that other women who are looking for a podcast about pregnancy and birth are able to find it because at the moment there are a lot of podcasts. So thank you for doing that in advance. And how are you and how's your week been, Charlene? It has been a week of notes. It's only Wednesday and I had a birth, I attended a birth on Sunday and Monday. Birth on Sunday was induction and the mom was actually induced for three days in hospital, which is unheard of. You know, many doctors wouldn't let it go on for that long, but she was quite fortunate with the doctor she had and it was just a long process. And I was literally waiting on pins and needles waiting for her to call me because I can only I could only join her in the actual laboring and then you don't sleep as deeply you know waiting as you know the mom is like in and out of latent phase you're waiting for active phase to begin so they do move her to the labor ward where I could join her and then she birthed beautifully beautiful vaginal birth and beautiful little baby I love hearing positive stories of hospital inductions, especially ones, obviously it's not great for the mom when it goes on for three days, but to know, as you say, that there was that option for to be extended, because as we know from inductions, they don't always just happen quickly as we would like them to happen. It does sometimes take longer than expected, but to be given those options to keep going because clearly it worked and that's fabulous. Exactly. And she just, her cervix just needed a bit more time of ripening. And As often it does. So just to start, exactly. And so I was really glad for the process that she could have that time to ripen and get ready. So that was wonderful. And it's the best part is to see the mom and baby skin to skin afterwards, because then I can have peace and go home. And I had a wonderful Sunday lunch after that with my family. Well deserved. <laughs> and then Women's Day in South Africa was on Monday. And it was just the best way to spend Women's Day morning was to go to a birth as well again. And that was also really wonderful. It was a home birth. She had intended to birth in the pool that they'd set up in the bathroom so beautifully with this big green fern hanging over the bathtub. Um, and then lots of beautiful affirmations on the walls. I arrived and she didn't want to be in the pool anymore. She wanted to be on the birth stool on dry land. And a few minutes after getting out and being on the bed onto the birth stool, she started pushing that wonderful sound of, oh, and you just know that natural expulsive reflex is kicking in. 
without any help or input from us. It's just like instinctive from her body. And she pushed a very big baby up, 4.6 kgs. Wow. And not even a nick or a tear. Love those ones. Absolutely love those ones. And love how moms know instinctively where they want to be when they give birth. You know, that they might labor and spend the majority of the labor in the birth pool, but sometimes they know they just want to get out. Yeah, and to be open to that. You know, don't have your heart set on birthing in one particular location. I mean, the only place the baby comes out is between your legs. The rest is superfluous. doesn't matter where, how. If you can go within to your birthing body, you can give birth anywhere. Absolutely. My favorite thing is my body and my baby know exactly how to give birth. And my baby knows how to be born. My body knows how to give birth. If we can go back to that basic sense of trust, then as you say, the rest is superfluous. I love that. Mm-hmm. How was your week? My week was busy. Um, I opened up two new spaces for virtual support and they were snapped up. And so I have Fantastic. two new couples. I know it's fabulous. <laughs> it's always amazing, you know, the fact that you can connect with couples across time zones and cultures and countries. And I always wonder how they find me. But the fact is everything happens these days at the click of a button. So it's amazing. And I've spent a lot of time with both of them, getting to know their partners and kind of onboarding them, showing them the way around all the online resources and support that I have and putting a plan together for them for the rest of their pregnancy, because they're both early pregnancy. One is in her first trimester. She's only nine weeks and the other lady is 17 weeks. So we've got a long journey to travel together and just sort of mapping out that process for the rest of their pregnancy, guiding them to find the right resources where they are. Uh, The one lady's in Barbados. So um, there's a lot of research that's going into that from my side because I haven't had clients in Barbados before. So for me, it's about also now looking and getting all my resources together to make sure that they can find what they need in person as well as the virtual support that I'm offering. So wonderful that you can do all of that virtually. Thank you. And I mean, what is the letter today? We do have a letter and I love today's letter actually. And it's perfect. So dear Charlene and Karen, I actually found your podcast when I was doing a Google search to know the difference between a midwife and a doula. So it would be great if you could talk about that in one of your shows. I listened to your episode last week about which guy I need to choose But recently, I've been considering working with a midwife. When I posted in the Facebook group I belong to, I had lots of recommendations, but many of them were for doulas. And now I'm a bit confused. Is a doula able to do my prenatal care and deliver my baby? Can I hire a doula instead of a midwife? If I have a midwife, will I automatically have a doula? And if I choose to have a hospital birth, can I still have my midwife or maybe even my doula? As you can see, I'm totally confused and befuddled and hoping you can help me understand. Thanks so much, Anna-Marie, 18 weeks pregnant with my first baby. Thank you so much, Anna-Marie, for for your letter. And I think that your confusion really does echo many of our listeners because I see the same thing in many of those groups, actually, when somebody asks for a gynae and then they get recommendations for a midwife and a doula, or they ask for a midwife and they get recommendations for a gani. So it's about understanding the different 
roles that a Ghanaian midwife and a doula play in your pregnancy and in your birth, and then deciding which one you would prefer. And very often, the one that you choose or the one you prefer has got a lot to do with the preferences that you have for your birth. Yes, it's a multidisciplinary approach, again. And it's, I think it would help to go through each of the different care providers and explain what each of them does, each of their roles. So a gynae obstetrician is there for your medical needs and is usually for high-risk situations. Is that correct, Aaron? That's absolutely correct. You know, um, there's a difference between the medical model of care and the midwife model of care. And essentially the medical model of care is with an obstetrician gynecologist Really, they are there for those high-risk pregnancies. A midwife-led pregnancy is essentially for low-risk pregnancies. So where there's no issues with your blood pressure, no issues with gestational diabetes, but at the same time, understanding that pregnancy is dynamic. And the reason that you have routine antenatal appointments and you get checked throughout your pregnancy is so that we continuously can rule out those factors that would put you into a high risk category and make sure that you're staying in the low risk category. So most women enter pregnancy as low risk, depending on what their previous obstetric and medical history is, but we are continuously monitoring them to make sure that they stay there. And if you have chosen to go with the midwife, then that's one of the things that we would do. So if anything developed during your pregnancy, whether that was blood pressure or even diabetes, um, it would put you into the high-risk category, but it just means that then we are going to work more closely with your obstetrician. And depending on the severity or what the condition is, it may mean that we have to hand over the care to the obstetrician, but hopefully and ideally we can work hand-in-hand in, hand in partnership with the obstetrician. Yeah, communication is key. As you say, multidisciplinary team and multidisciplinary approach so that you are getting the best of both worlds. Yes. And there's also a cost factor involved. I mean, the appointments at a gynae is usually way more than your appointments that you'd have with the midwife every month. And the midwife would also direct you as to when to go and see the gynae. So on one month, you might not need to have a scan. So that's wonderful. You, can, you don't have to have one. It's just a physical um, an appointment with your midwife who checks your baby and checks you and then the following month or the month after that she would recommend a visit with the, with the obstetrician gynecologist. I think one of the other things to take note of as well is the caseload of the obstetrician versus the midwife. So an obstetrician doesn't necessarily limit the amount of patients that they take every month. So their time that they are able to spend with you is much less as a result of that because they've got so many more people to see on a daily basis. And the average length of an appointment with your obstetrician is usually 15 to 20 minutes. They like to see at least four patients every hour. They're seeing their patients in their rooms. It's quite a, a, a system, you know, whereas a midwife will only take, usually an, an independent midwife will usually only take six, max eight women per month 
signing on so that she is able to spend at least one hour with you during every antenatal appointment. And depending on what her practice is like, you will either visit her in her practice, but even so she's only seeing six or eight people in that day, or she will see you in your home. So you have a lot more time to get to know the midwife and for her to get to know you. And it's a much more interactive process and much more personal when you are seeing a midwife really and a closer relationship a too. much closer relationship and a relationship that's really based on trust and getting to know each other yeah and whatsapp messages between midwife and client you know there's it's a, it's a very open relationship of communication so there's no bars yes. but what about the doula <laughs> well first of all the doula the word doula is a greek word meaning slave, but that is not what I like to think of it as. It's a birth companion, a very skilled birth companion. Um, it's a woman that helps other women. That's another translation of the Greek word, doula. As your doula, I would be there for your pregnancy and your labor and your birth or your cesarean and for your postnatal support. So there are postnatal, postpartum doulas and there are birth doulas. There are even death doulas. It's a non-medical person who is there to give you, offer you emotional and mental and physical support. So we have nothing to do with checking the baby or checking the mom physically. It's all about work on the upper half of the mother's body. So the mental, spiritual, emotional, and the midwife and obstetrician gynecologist would provide support for the bottom half of the mother <laughs> <laughs> that's a lovely way of putting it I've never heard it described like that before and it actually kind of makes a lot of sense yeah so there are some amazing stats around using a doula and I'll share them with you the research shows that as your doula I can help you to decrease the length of your labor by 25 percent I think if I was a listener, I'd want yes. to know why the length of labor is reduced by 25% by having a doula. Can you just talk me through that? Yes, because you have a doula in the space, you are immediately lowering your stress levels and your adrenaline levels. Because when you're in survival mode, it can help, it can actually hinder your labor and slow labor down and stall it. So the more you can soften and relax into your labor and your birth, the better it is for in the long run for the whole entire process. And it shortens the time that you would be in labor for. It helps to enhance oxytocin flow, endorphins, also with the physical tricks that we do. So massage, um, holding, rocking the mother, which would help in turn to shorten the labor by 25%. Many people ask me when they're talking about doulas and they say, well, why do I need a doula for that? Surely my partner or my husband can do that. And I think that the difference is that your partner or husband hasn't ever done it before, hasn't yeah. attended a course. They might attend a birth preparation course, but a doula does this professionally. So you have attended many courses. And many births. And many and births. I exactly. <laughs> Insights. I think having a doula allows the husband to be the best partner they can be because 
that big responsibility of being the doula is now taken off his shoulders. He can just be the husband and the doula very much guides him because you're not always doing all of those comfort measures all the time. You're also assisting and guiding the husband to do some of those that you think are appropriate. Yes. I think having the doula in the space with the partner, with the dad or the birth partner, gives them tips and confidence to do things that they probably would not have done. Because, for example, I would have my coconut oil open on the table there and I'd show it to them and say, there you go, there's the coconut oil, just put some on your hand and you can wrap the mom in this way on her back. You can provide this kind of support. Let's put the the yoga mat out so that she has another place to try out different positions. And because I'm also seem very calm on the outside, I am calm on the inside too, (laughs) but I'm smiling and I'm relaxed. And so that also gives the birth partner the confidence to also be calm and relaxed. And their dads have never quite seen their wives or the mother, the partner, the woman in labor in such a way before and really just going for it without any inhibitions. So it's really hard for them to see that for the first time. But then they see, oh, the doula is smiling and the midwife is smiling and chilled. So then this must be normal. And so all their stress levels come down a few notches just from seeing how the other people are reacting to the mother in labor. Exactly. So I think everybody's stress levels come down and that's what contributes towards a 25% reduction in labor. Yes. Next statistic? Is lowering the possibility of a cesarean birth rate by 50%. Again, it's the same reasons. Higher levels of oxytocin, endorphin flow, because of the physical, mental, emotional support that is provided. So that is a huge thing to consider. When I've attended births at hospital and I've been with that mother and perhaps next door to the room that I'm in with my client, there's a mother who is without a doula and in the same point of labor. And you only need to look at what the rooms look like. The room that I'm in with the mother is dark, very dimly lit if there's a light on at all. We've got music going. And then I sometimes feel so sad for the mom next door who's with the dad that's on his phone looking a bit stressed. The lights are very bright. And if the mother is calm enough, my mother, the mother that I'm working with, then I will just pop in there and sprinkle a bit of oil around and give the dad one or two tips, maybe lend him one of my massage tools. And they're usually very grateful for that. And most of the time, they didn't even know what a doula was and that they could even have someone like that. Because it really can help the process be so much more enjoyable and take so much pressure off the dad to be and do everything in the labor room, a place that he has never been to in his life. And now he has to know how to wrap the mom's back, how to provide that physical support how to also question and be assertive, not necessarily in an obstructive way with the care providers, you know, and to ask questions. It's a lot. It's a lot to to expect from a first-time dad to know all of that stuff. So just having that extra person there makes such a huge big difference. Yeah. 
and reduce reduction of the need for an epidural by 60% because, hello, your doula is there to provide you with natural forms of pain relief. And that's what I always tell my clients is that I'm there to help you exhaust all your natural forms of pain relief as far as we possibly can. It doesn't mean that epidural is off the table. It just means that we can delay it for as long as possible to make use of gravity to bring your baby down. Most doulas do some form of birth preparation in addition to whatever else you're doing. Before you even go into labor, they're going to talk you through all the medical and non-medical pain relief options that are available. So while that statistic does indicate that there's a 60% reduction in epidurals, some of the listeners might be thinking, but I want an epidural. Exactly. If you're still pregnant, that's fantastic. But what your doula is going to do and your midwife is to help you to understand exactly what happens with an epidural and the, the benefits, the drawbacks, when an epidural is beneficial, when it isn't. And what the other options are besides that, because it's not the only one. It's not the only option that's available. But sometimes it's the one that people think about and they think, oh, that's the one I want to have because it's the only one that takes away all sensation. But of course, that brings its own problems. So a lot of it is to do with the education that you're going to have during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And that's a large role that's played by the doula. And we cover all of those natural forms of pain relief in the course. It covers all bases. It's not just hypnobirthing that is recommended. There's different massage techniques and tips. There's also movement and sound and counter irritants. There's lots that you can do before you get to the use of medical pain relief methods. And there's also gas, you know, gas yeah. is free and short lived in the body and has no effect, no known effect on the baby at all. It's a wonderful thing to try before opting for an epidural. There is another one to decrease the need for synthetic oxytocin by 40%. That's a big one. That's yes, a big that one. It's a real biggie, yes, because we all know how intense labor becomes with synthetic oxytocin. It literally puts your uterus into overdrive causing those longitudinal muscles to really kick in and pull at those, those circular muscles to force the cervix to open. And in many hospitals, when you are at that point of needing synthetic oxytocin, so they would try other options first to get things moving, but the main medical response to a stall in labor or a pause is to counter that with an IV drip of synthetic oxytocin. And, and so they would recommend an epidural at the same time. So you can exactly. just imagine you've been avoiding all sorts of drugs during your pregnancy. And in the last leg before having your baby, there's just so much going on. But in this, some situations it is necessary. So you have to weigh up those pros and cons. But a decrease in the need of synthetic oxytocin by 40% by having your doula there is a biggie because it means that your doula is helping to enhance the oxytocin in the space by use of essential oils, by just helping everyone to relax and soften 
and to help create a sacred space so that you feel so safe. And oxytocin is at its highest when you're relaxed and calm and feeling unobserved and in a really good space of loving beingness. You get a good indication of if a birth is going slower than expected. You have tools at your disposal and knowledge at your disposal to get her up and moving, to get her active, to to get to 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 use non-medical ways of sort of getting the labor going, because you know that if things do slow and stall, that if she's in a hospital environment, that would be the next step that they suggest the use of synthetic oxytocin. And one of the drawbacks of using it is that it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. Mm. So our natural yes. oxytocin does. And because of that, it means that your body responds by releasing those endorphins and releasing more oxytocin to get your labor going. But when we have the synthetic oxytocin, those endorphins are not being released as steadily and in such large quantities. And endorphins are your own pain-relieving mechanism. So we definitely want to avoid the use of that synthetic oxytocin for that reason, as well as the ones that you mentioned before. And that's why you experience the surges differently when you have the synthetic oxytocin. Yes, exactly. And you're providing natural pain relief methods, homeopathy, hypnobirthing, aromatherapy, massage, all of that can help enhance your own natural levels of oxytocin. Those Any other statistics? Those are all of them. Those are all of them. I think for me as well, I know just from being in the space for so long, I mean, we never had doulas 30 years ago when I started being a midwife. Um, it's only become a well-known and almost accepted birth companion in the last 15 years that doulas have become something. And there's so many doulas. In fact, I think at the moment, there's probably more doulas than there are midwives. Yes. And the reason for that is because of the way things have changed. Because there's more hospital births, but less midwives. Less midwives in hospital. And those midwives who are working in the hospital environment don't necessarily have the time to spend with the woman the way they need in the hospital. Because there's no doubt in my mind that a woman in labor, especially a woman in labor in hospital, needs one-on-one -on -one care. But the reality is that the shortage of midwives globally means that those midwives are, or the hospitals are understaffed, the midwives are overworked, and they're very often looking after more than two or three women at a time, which means that they are unable to provide that one-on-one -on -one care that is required. And so very often it's the doula that steps in and provides that emotional and physical and mental and spiritual support that is so absolutely vital for a woman in labor and for her partner. And that would usually be fulfilled as part of the midwife's role, especially if she's able to be there one-on-one, -on -one, but that's just not possible in a hospital environment. But it is possible in a home birth environment. So if you are choosing the midwife model of care and you do have an independent midwife, then the reality is that she is there to provide that one-on-one -on -one care. But even so, the majority of us still encourage you to have a doula because that extra pair of hands, the extra pair of eyes, and that extra level of support, because 
the doula's only role is to be there to physically, mentally, and emotionally support the mom. So even though the midwife is doing that, she has another role over and above that because she's mindful of everything that's happening medically and watching the progress of labor. And she knows how things should be progressing and managing that. And just like as a doula, you're staying one step ahead and trying to keep the labor going. So is the midwife. She's staying one step ahead, knows what should be happening. If that doesn't happen, what am I going to do? Have everything in place and medically managing every aspect of that labor. I think it's undervalued how physical experience birth is and how much physical support is required. And another factor around what a doula does at a home birth is arrive before the midwife and labor with the mom until active labor begins. Mm -hmm. So very often I'm at a home birth way before the midwife arrives, mm -hmm. reassuring, comforting, holding space for the clients before the midwife arrives. And I would take over communication with the midwife to make sure she gets there on time and in good time to observe and see what needs to be done medically as well. But it is very much a physical experience for the doula and the midwife as well. I find it's, it's, it really can be, it's really important to note that. I think that, um, you know, in the stages of labor, and that's one of the things that we talk about in our course and understanding the stages of labor. But for a woman who's never been in labor before, she's never sure exactly what stage of labor she's in. But what we know as doulas and midwives is that the initial stage, early labor and even latent labor, is the longest but the least intense. It's the time where you can comfortably be at home, where you can comfortably be almost continuing with your activities of daily living, You know, whether that's going for a walk on the beach or cooking a meal or watching a series together with your partner, there's not much that you actually have to do, but you know that something is cooking, that labor is happening. And that's when a doula really can help because it reassures you that everything is okay. Yes, it's taking longer than you thought it might because in the movies, it's really quick. But actually, the longer that early labor takes place and the less intense it is, there's still changes that are happening inside. And just having either your doula on standby, which you can call and check in and say, this is what's happening. I'm only feeling those surges every 30 or 40 minutes and it's still fairly irregular. You're just constantly reassuring them. And at some stage, you're going to go over and actually be with them. And as you say, very often the doula is with the couple way longer than the midwife because I only step in once active labor has begun. And even then, if I know and can see that it's still a couple of hours, I may leave knowing that you're there as a doula providing the physical support that's required until I need to come back or just that I'm still in the space, but that you are holding, as you say, everything that's happening from the waist up while I'm <laughs> watching and maintaining everything that's going on from the waist down. Yes. And there's a lovely quote that says, if a doula were a drug, it would be unethical not to use it. The best one. form of pain relief is a doula. Yes, exactly. What I would like to add to that is, yes, the doula is there to provide you with the physical, emotional, mental support and is your pain relief for the birth. But it also 
means that as the mother, you also need to mentally prepare for that event. And it Absolutely. takes a lot of work. You know, it's not just you can't expect the environment, a birth pool to fix how you feel or a doula to fix how you feel. It's important to look at how, where you are and how you feel about birth process and any fears that you have. And that's why the, in the pregnancy, it's so important to use hypnobirthing to mentally ready yourself for your birth. And the doula is there to in, enhance that process for her. I think if we answered all her questions in that letter. I think so. Um, yeah, if I go back to the letter, let me just quickly check where she said, can I hire a doula instead of a midwife? Yes, you could hire a doula instead of a midwife if you were if you had an obstetrician. So if you're having a hospital birth, it means that the, the hospital midwife would be looking after you in labor and your doula would come in and be with you during labor in the hospital and possibly even at home before you get to the hospital. Um, if you have a midwife, will you automatically have a doula? Not necessarily. There are some midwives who work in partnership with doulas. Um, and a lot of independent midwives will encourage you to have a doula because they definitely do go hand in hand, but it's not an automatic thing. And if you choose to have a hospital birth, can you still have your midwife or maybe even have a doula? I think that depends where you're living as to whether or not your independent midwife is able to go in with you to do a hospital birth. Most doulas can go in. But if you have a midwife, it would depend, like I say, where you lived and whether or not she is going to do a home birth or possibly a birth in a birthing unit. But at the end of the day, a midwife is able to deliver your baby. And very often part of that would be looking after you throughout your pregnancy, doing all your prenatal appointments and looking after you after the baby is born, doing your postnatal appointments. But I think it's what you said in the very beginning. It's a multidisciplinary approach because each one of us brings something else to the party. Yes. So there you go. That's it for this week. Thank you so much, Anna-Marie, for sending in your question. And as always, we do encourage you to send us your letters, your questions, your concerns. We'd love to answer them on the podcast. And as you've seen and as we've realized from all the questions that we've had up until now, we know that there are commonly and frequently asked questions that really do echo the concerns of most of the women that we work with day to day. Thank you so much, Karen, and we'll see you next week. Have a lovely week and see you on podcast Wednesdays next week.